We're live! Hello everybody, how's it going? How's it going? So today we're joined by Josh and Jeff and okay, I, I just I just I just want to say something for the beginning. So first of all, how are you doing today? How are you doing today? I'm pumped, ready to go. Pumped, ready yeah, to go? Doing great. Doing great. How are you, SVB? I am psyched as shit, ML. I started off with psyched swear already. Shit. Let's go. Yeah, perfect. Honestly, I feel kind of like um, low energy because I just lost two two CP maps. So in case I feel like, uh, just so you know, it's 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 because of the losing. You know, today's winning Wednesday and kind of like lost a lot. Anyway, um, I guess let's start with some introductions. Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself, Jeff? First, sure. Uh, so I'm Jeff. I'm the lead hair designer. So like the boss, I guess. The boss, yep. boss man. <laughs> I'm the boss. I see. Josh. You want to introduce yourself? <laughs> yeah, I'm Joshua Noah. I'm a senior designer for the hero design team. So second boss, I guess. Kind of like <laughs> mini that. Mini boss. Mini <laughs> boss. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and who's the fourth person on the call? Anybody knows? <laughs> SVB? Who meagle old? Who meagle old? I'm SVB. I'm senior content creator at my own stream. Senior content creator at your own stream. Okay, I'm still a junior at my stream, honestly. <laughs> Olaf's like uh, the one True. that uh, is, is doing all the streams and stuff. But um, yeah, so before we jump into discussions, I know that SVB has a question for you and he has been dying to ask you this, okay? Like last night after I spent like five hours talking with him last night, we do this every night. He just told me that this is the question that he really wanted to ask you. Yeah, it's, it's been right, burning a hole in me. You ready? <laughs> You ready, yep. Jeff? Yep. What hero do you main? <laughs> yeah, you know, this is like a pretty common question, actually. I get asked. I feel like, honestly, I feel like it's a little bit of a trap. I'm always a little worried about it. <laughs> you know, I probably shouldn't be, but uh, the reality is, it's like when I'm playing, I'm usually playing like whatever I feel like maybe needs attention, or people are saying is either overpowered or underpowered or whatever. Just trying to like kind of get a gauge of, you know, if I agree with it or not, <laughs> whatever. Um, but when I'm not doing that, if I'm really just playing, like, ah, oh, I just don't play, you know, whatever I want to play this time, it's, um, I play a lot of Hitscan, I play, like, Widow, uh, Soldier. We're getting the there, Hugo, we're getting the there, Hugo, we're the getting Hugo. there, we're getting Holy there. Come on, drop I it, drop it. I don't play be spray, Jeff. Rat, although, I do love oh, Junkrat. Junkrat, oh, we said this yesterday! No! <laughs> Junkrat, I, he's, he's, he's about as far as he, away from Hitscan as possible, I know it's kind of opposite of what I just said, but... I just have so much fun with him. I don't know. He's kind of just chaos incarnate, and I, I don't know. I like to, you know, I, I, I will. I don't stand back and spam, spam the corridor. I, you know, I, I go for like sort of the, the Mimi air shots and you know, flying direct. All Junkrat players say that. Honestly, Jeff, all Junkrat players say <laughs> that. But then I got them die from across the map, and they go like calculated, you know. Still <laughs> faded. Fair enough. What about? I think you, I call that ML. I call that by the way. I want to put you it call, on record. Yeah, you call that. Yeah, you call that. I remember. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think in terms of like hours played, my most played heroes are probably uh, Zarya, Ana, May, Farah, and Tracer. Wait, you said May? Okay, goodbye. That's a good hero pool. I expect that. I expect that. that. That's a noble hero pool. There's Jeff over here with the with the junk rat. Josh has <laughs> got the noble hero pool. Imagine at if least you no do... one can. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say at least no one can uh, say that I'm favorite. You know. Uh, Junkrat's getting favorite balance treatment because <laughs> I don't think a lot of people <laughs> considered him to be super good, except for Dunkey, apparently. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah you, you, you got a point. It's true. I, I, I just don't want to play against you two. You know, Junkrat and May. No, no, no. I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Speaking of playing against you and stuff, I gotta ask you this. Okay, this is my, this is my question. What is Sag argue? What's your guess, Sag? PK Sag. Uh, I like plat a little, little high. So I plat, know huge. Yeah. That is good. That is good. That is good. That is very good. It is. Yeah, yeah. It is. Upper, up, up, above the average gamer. I always yeah. feel like I could, like, if I really push, you know, I could get through and, like, really focus on a hero. But as I said, I don't really do that. But also, I'm sure that's what everybody thinks. So that's probably yeah. not true. <laughs> Plat chat, you know, goes like, one of us, one of us, yeah. one <laughs> of us, you know? So you have, the, you, have the, you have a slender side. What about you? What about you, um, Josh? Uh, my, my peak is 4350. Um, I never Giga actually broke into the 4400, but... Uh, Giga chat. Yeah. This perfectly encapsulates the, the sort of dichotomy of the Overwatch community where it's like, Jeff is like, if I try, I think I can get out of plat. And then there's Josh <laughs> like, man, I'm really struggling to peak 44, man. It's tough out here. <laughs> yeah. The duality. The duality. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, we got a chance to uh, know each other a little bit better. Now uh, let's talk about where we're going to have dinner. No, um, I guess we should, we should get this started, right? Let's get this going. Before I hop into the questions, I just want to clarify today, while I'm sticking to your soul, we will only talk about balance changes, okay? About the balance changes that happened in the previous beta. With this being said, are you ready for the questions? Are you ready for the questions? Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's, let's go. go. <clears throat> First of all. <clears throat> I'm curious about your personal views on this. Who's more annoying to play against, Doomfist Tank or Doomfist DPS? So I thought it was interesting because I discovered as we were talking about this that me and Josh have different views on this. Uh, I definitely felt like, to me, the DPS version was, uh, you know, more frustrating to play against. Um, but I'm also the one who led the charge on the Doomfist rework, so maybe that makes <laughs> sense. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of fall to the tank side things like they're annoying for different reasons like tank doomfist you just can't kill him and he's always getting away sort of like wrecking ball and he's also like snaring you and doing all sorts of things so we are probably going to try to look at making him a little bit less annoying if we can but it's not really you know a question of he's too powerful or something it's more like trying to even out the gameplay experience for everyone um yeah, we have be a... honest, I... go ahead go ahead oh uh, we have a change actually planned for beta 2 that's uh you know, we'll see how this plays, but we're going to try just removing the snare from a seismic slam entirely. Um, it's a pretty big shift because it's not just like reducing the snare or something. It's like just killing it. Completely removing um, it. Hmm. But there's That's some cool. like, there's a bit of shenanigans you can do with it beyond just the normal just snaring people. Like you could snare somebody and then ult them if it's like an Ana or Zen or something like that. Like they're kind of screwed because um, the snare just makes it, they can't even get out of the ring. Um, so like certainly solves those problems as well. And, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that, you know, he ends up being balanced correctly afterwards if necessary or maybe you know maybe it ends up being a bad idea but we'll see but that's the plan anyway as a support player i completely approve of this <laughs> all the support players yeah. happy we already got we already got a leak ml we already got a leak out the successful that's end right. now end call now exactly exactly okay was well, it my turn now can i ask my question yeah, your turn yes kind sir. my turn okay okay so uh, i'm serious full serious mode guys proper question how do you balance between the roles? So how do you feel about the power of each role relative to each other? So do tanks need to be as strong as DPS, as strong as supports? Because you know how the community are. Every, every role thinks the other role is the strongest. So you gotta, you got to answer how you feel about this. Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends how you define like power. Like, how do they have equal power? Because they're all doing different things in the game. And really, 
sort of the end goal is to make sure they all have an impact on the outcome of the match and have like you know a way to kind of carry through their own skills. Um, if we're talking about power just in terms of numbers or something, then in Overwatch 2, it's going to be tanks. They're just there's only one of them, so they've just kind of got more stats than everyone else, relatively. Um, can I ask something? Uh, in your view, who do you think has the highest carry potential out of all of the three goals? Your personal points on this, based on your games. Who can carry the um, game the hardest? I, I mean, I've seen all the roles carry like super yeah. hard in different ways, because, um, you know, sometimes you just can't kill anything, and support are just, like, you know, making big plays, and on a lance that anti-nade and asleep on somebody, and it's just, like, team fights won, you know? Uh, Reinhardt can come out of nowhere and just earth shatter the entire team. Uh, and that's like a really obvious, you know, example of like, he literally won that fight by himself. He just killed everybody. But there are a lot more uh, nuanced situations, you know, like that kind of just win the fight. If Mercy's kind of juggling between like healing three different people that are all crit health, and it's like making having that decision making to, you know, which target are you going to focus first and kind of keep them up, like that often wins fights too. So players win yeah. fights, not heroes, from what I see. Mm -hmm. Which is, I yeah. agree with you completely, honestly. Like, for example, like a Mercy healing, people that are critical HP prioritize the healing and so on. I feel like people don't talk about that that often. And I'm happy to see that uh, you guys think about that as well, you know, as in like who carried that team fight and that everybody actually contributes to the team fight, no matter if like DPSs get the cool kills and supports just like mm -hmm. heal, for example, in that case. Although supports shouldn't only heal. Speaking of which, <laughs> what does balance mean in your opinion? As in, what's a balanced Overwatch game? What should a balanced tank, DPS, and support do? I mean, it's kind of a tough question to answer, but I mean, broadly speaking, I would say our goal is just to make sure that every hero is viable. That doesn't mean that every hero is viable in every situation, in every map, and everything. I mean, I, I actually think it's fairly healthy for the game when certain heroes uh, really shine on certain maps and it's kind of a, a strategic decision making play and when to do that you know obviously there are a lot of maps that Widowmaker's great on and other maps she's not um as an example and there were like you know uh bastion maps that were you know people tended to play like 66 and Junker Town and stuff these little that, those are the ones people favor to try to, to make the bastion work at least for one run usually um stuff like that so i i really liked it when the maps get integrated that well uh to to the balance and, and the heroes um and there's a lot of just verticality elements, of course, too. Something like Hollywood 2 is like, you know, are you really going to run around there with Tracer? I mean, maybe, but you're gonna, it's going to be kind of tough depending on how you want to deal with the guys on, on the upper upper ground. But um, the, the, the real thing we just want to make sure is that every hero is viable. And also, if you are want to play like an off-meta pick or something, you maybe you know what the meta is, but you just want to play Junkrat, let's say, that... It's not like so out of bounds that you're just like actually throwing. I know some people would say you're throwing. I don't think you're throwing. <laughs> I just think playing one too many times. Up, it's the yeah. player, you know. That's actually Honestly. my biggest pet peeve if I can just like rant for a second. Go where Josh, like, go. go on, go on. You, you know, it. just Overwatch League is a completely different game in terms of like their coordination and teamwork and um kind of what we've seen over the years on the ladder is that you can really make anything work. Um there's a, there's a lot of players that, you know, you jump into rank and you pick some off-meta pick and they're just going to threaten to throw your game or something, you know? But really, if you work together, you can kind of succeed with any hero and any comp, even if it's, like, you know, suboptimal. It's, it's not, like, a reason to tilt. Um, one of the interesting things we saw from 
uh, stats just looking at different regions, um, they tend to have different metas at you know, different times. Uh, like the Asia region, um, they're really heavily involved in like Winston and Zarya Dive, and um, they'll kind of see the most uh, meta-slaving, I guess, in terms of, um, you know, what they're picking. Because uh, there's some heroes like with a super low win rate, uh, or super, super low pick rate and super low uh, win rate, like Moira over there. And it's just, they, they refuse to play that hero. Um, and then at the same time, we'll see uh, the opposite in like EU, where she's doing really well, and all the, the heroes are kind of balanced in their pick rate and win rates more. Um, so there's really this kind of like regional thing where um, just a lot of heroes are more viable than people think, and they're kind of end up getting stuck in their own narrative, you know, of like what you yeah. see with your own kind of perspective when you're playing the game. Yeah, end of rant. Sorry about no, that's a chat <laughs> mentality. That's the 4.3k <laughs> mentality right there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like these two answers have been very enlightening for me, at least, because I've always viewed Overwatch as in like some heroes are good on some maps, some heroes are bad on some maps. And seeing that you take this into consideration a lot just shows that. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I like I like hearing this instead of like uh, that hero is not played, so we're just gonna buff this hero to be played. So like literally, certain heroes should work better than others in other situations, and this is like where it like all balances around, I guess. Which is honestly, mm -hmm. thumbs up, thumbs up. Which actually needs nicely to my question as well. The next question. So feel free to just kind of spitball off this. Uh, whoever's gonna answer, Jeff or Josh. How does the ranking affect that, uh, you know, that desire for you guys to make every hero viable as well? Like, do you care if a certain hero is not being played in, in gold and if one hero is being, you know, really heavily played in owl, but another one isn't like, does that influence your decision making at all? It does. Um, it's, you know, we would love to have every hero be playable in at least uh, a certain amount or be played uh, at all ranks. Um, that said, it's not, I would say it's not like the number one priority, and there are situations or heroes where we know that things are not going to work out that way, and it's kind of like a sacrifice because of the nature of the hero. So, for example, you look at a hero like Widowmaker. Like, is Widowmaker going to be as strong at the lower ranks? Like, we know she's not because she, we really put a lot of pressure um, on her aim, on her aim skill, and you don't get to fire that often, so your expression of accuracy is expressed more aggressively than other heroes. Um, you know, it goes, it's also true for a, hero, a new hero like Sojourn, uh, very similar. So, you know, there are, there are things we, we look at, uh, certainly on the stats and everything to make sure that they're still played because, you know, at that lower ranks, all that's true that I said about Widowmaker, but at the same time, she kind of gets free reign at those ranks a lot. Like, no one's really pressuring her a lot of times. They're not really looking for her. They don't know she's there. You just, you can kind of sit in one spot a lot of times and you're not really expecting Winston to jump on you anytime soon or get flanked or something. Um, so there are like some defense benefits at that rank too. So I don't say it completely balances out. Um, where you know, like I said, there's some sort of concessions we're making sometimes for certain heroes where we know it's going to be. And you know, and the reverse is true too. We've seen Bastion's obviously super strong at very low ranks. Um, enough where that was maybe a little bit of a problem. We're looking at reworking him anyway because it was just like really hard to, to balance it all at the higher ranks without completely eviscerating the lower ranks. Um, but if you guys remember. We did a change for Reaper at one point where we buffed his passive to, I think, 50%. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. Oh, I remember I, I played Reaper, that, Jeff. <laughs> I didn't see that coming, but that was a drastic swing. I mean, people were complaining, especially at the low ranks, that he was just unkillable. And uh, the stats represented that as well. They just showed that that's true. So I was I didn't see that coming. I didn't expect the, the leech would be the thing that would cause that to happen because it's hard to know how much incoming damage we're not going as damage is going on at different ranks. 
and at the higher ranks, you know, just people are much more accurate and able to, you know, focus him and punish him for flanks and stuff. So it was less of a big deal. So it was like maybe more balanced at the high ranks, but we had to change it anyway because the low ranks, it was just like that was that was pushing it too far. So that's a case where it was like, okay, this is too far. We can't let this sit. We got to pull this back. Come up with something else. So it can't happen. So is it fair to say you kind of it's it's more like a consideration like you don't want anything to be unfun to play against in in a yeah. certain rank but you're not like going to shove it in and force it. Yeah, like uh, Sojourn and Widow for example, I don't think they need to have fundamental design changes to their their hero kits um to try to make it completely even across the board. I think uh we just kind of expect we know when we're making hero like that that whenever we put that much pressure on aim skill, we know it's going to have that kind of impact and we have to be okay with it but you know we're monitoring all the time like i mentioned with the reaper case so um, as long as it's within reason then we're happy with it um speaking about monitoring all the time what's the best way for the community to give feedback for the heroes they're playing and what type of feedback is helpful for you as a designer uh so we go through a lot of feedback like on a daily basis um and really if you're just kind of ranting on forums or Twitter or something, and it's just like quick, hey, this bastion sucks, or you know, Roadhog's overpowered, and like that's the end of your feedback, like that kind of just gets glazed oh. over and tossed out because there's yeah. so much of it. It's just, ah. you know, I see, I see. It's okay. not super helpful. Like the the feedback we like to see uh, is kind of like digging into like what you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. Um, so you might be thinking like. Oh, I feel like Roadhog's overpowered because he has his one-shot kill. If I get hit by the hook, you know, it's over for me. I don't feel like I have a way to escape. And, um, you know, that, that's a lot more useful for us to try to figure out a solution. Uh, a lot of times people do suggest solutions to us. And, you know, that, that's like a fun kind of brainstorming exercise. But I think the problem we see with that is usually if it's on a forum or something, people start trying to pick it apart and, like, the message gets lost a little bit. It's like, oh no, this solution doesn't work for whatever reason. And that's kind of like, it ends up being the focus a little too much rather than, you know, what the problem is. So we should like, uh, we should like find the problems, talk about them, talk about why they're the problems, come up with the solutions and so on, but like not be forced, not like discuss about them that much, you know, as we can all agree that the more people talk about finding like problems about a certain here, like Hog's one-shot ability, for example, and Hog just being annoying and ban Hog and remove Hog and stuff like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. Hog one-trick ponies in gang games. Yeah, you reading avoid. my post right now, um, ML? You reading my Twitter post right now? Uh, yeah, I'm reading your Twitter <laughs> post right now. I have it right here. I also have a post stuck with it in the left. <laughs> so yeah, okay, I got it. So we just like gotta talk about the problems a little, a little bit more and why they they are problems, and then you're gonna take them into consideration to see what you can come up with to fix them. Right, and that's not to say we need like a whole essay on it or anything. You know, it's just like. A couple well-reasoned oh. paragraphs or sentences even is like a lot more effective than having like this huge memorandum or like document, you know? Understand. Or, okay. Yeah, exactly. Or like delete Roadhog is like, <laughs> the way I think of it is like in my mind, I mean, I wouldn't say, I don't want to make it sound like we're like completely ignoring that feedback, but the way I kind of think of it is like, okay, in my mind, it goes into like the voter ballot box of like, okay, somebody didn't like this, but it, I can't do much with that unless it's like, you know, there's like so many of them that it's overwhelming and the box is overflowing with these little notes that mm -hmm. I put in there effectively, then it's like, okay, maybe I'll look in and try to figure it out, I guess, what people are mad about. But um, it's it's a lot less impactful, I would say, to say the least, than having, you know, some, some more well-reasoned posts and, um, and stuff like that. So, so the hashtags Inside don't work. It's good. The hashtags don't work. Delete Roadhog, delete Brig, they don't work. <laughs> have, have, we haven't deleted anything yet. 
<laughs> True. Okay, I like that. Express your problem, not necessarily your, you know, unfiltered emotion. That's how I'd summarize it, right? Express the problem, like a therapist. I mean, um, I, okay. I, I, okay. I, we don't hate the emotion either. It's not like we're like trying to say, don't have any emotion in your post and be like, I understand, like, especially a lot of these posts, I feel like get made just after a rank game or something. And like, <laughs> you know, I feel like it should be that mandatory cool down period of posting a <laughs> client or something. But no, I get it. So, I mean, it's not... You're not like hurry our feelings or or anything. Um, you know, if it's super super ranty, it may affect the sort of the sort of validity of everything. Um, but you know, I'm not expecting it to be super clinical. But you know, just the, gotcha. having more reason, the better. Yeah. Gotcha. Usually, the biggest problem I see is you know people turn the hyperbole up to eleven, and it's just like, yeah. it's so hard to you know get a read on like the actual game. That's a big state problem. Everything is like the biggest problem in the game. Yep. Yeah, I get five biggest problems every day in my chat. Like, this is the one thing that is destroying Overwatch right now. It's this mm -hmm. character. Yeah. I'm sure you guys feel it. Okay, well, speaking of overreactions, there have been some to some of the changes you make. Well, there always is. But there's one in particular, the super jump, the Mercy super yeah. jump. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of community discussion around, wait, mm -hmm. they, uh, they, allowed Genji, uh, they allowed Mercy super jump, but they didn't allow Genji ledge dash. So what's your stance? Like, where is it that a bug is okay and when is it a bug that's not okay yeah. this one's pretty tricky we don't have like a like a hard rule or anything for for every case i think we just kind of have to take it case by case um but the broad strategy is we we first thing we do is look at the bugs obviously see what's going on and see how buggy this stuff is and see what you know what the results are and how consistent they are and how easy they are to pull off and just sort of do full investigation on what's actually going on um and then then we have to decide if, like, you know, we want to integrate this into the hero or just fix the bugs. They can't do it anymore. Um, and that's where it starts to get tricky. And we try, realistically, we're trying to just put everything in that we can. I think it's something that players like generally. And often they're really kind of cool pieces of tech that we sort of enjoy seeing. And, you know, some in some cases it's just like, well, you know, it's hard because these are bugs, right? So it's like... We can't just be like, let's just not, not touch this for all. Um, I'll, I'll get into the mercy case in a second of why we didn't for a while for that one. But generally, we don't like to just not touch them because, you know, what if sometimes it puts you through the floor or something like that, right? Like, we, <laughs> these are unintended things. So they're a little bit scary to just leave in the game and just hope it works out. And there's no other weird interactions or anything, especially in a, a complicated game like Overwatch. So we tend to want to try to fix them and then in, in many cases implement them uh sort of in a more real way that is more that's safer and we know that's not going to break the game in some horrible way um so i think the two sort of extremes we're talking about here maybe is the genji case and the mercy case and so i can talk about those specifically because like i said everything's kind of case by case the genji ledge dash uh the first thing we notice is it was sort of extreme how far you could go like you could launch like literally halfway across the map uh which was like okay well no matter what, that can't be allowed to stay. <laughs> like, we either need to reduce the effect of the bug somehow, although it's a bug, so that's not easy to do because we'd have to implement something first to be able to, like, nerf it. Um, so, you know, that. So then came up the, the question of Kenji is, like, should we implement this as, like, tech for him? And um, at least at the time, uh, it was really, like, do we really want Genji to have this much more mobility right now? Is this, like, what he needs and what he should have? And um, we sort of came away with that. With, no, he, he shouldn't have this, like, you know, I think it's a cool piece of tech. Like it's interesting, but overall, the character, the end result's going to be we're going to have to nerf him somehow, right? Like, he ends up just being crazy. Immediately, what's going to happen is people are like, well, Genji's super overpowered, he needs to be nerfed. So then, what do we do? Do we like nerf his damage or something, or his ult charge rate or something? 
And like, is that fair? So, you know, that's kind of, you have to think ahead. That's where we're going to get to. So it's sort of like worth the sacrifice, um, I felt at the time. And then for the Mercy stuff, that bug's been interesting because um, it really doesn't, it didn't really have any like major scary side effects. And it was um, fairly consistent. <laughs> this is going to sound, some people would agree with this, but it's fairly consistent to do once you know how to do it. Like it's a timing thing that's pretty tricky. But at least it didn't feel like sometimes when I do this, I like fly backwards to my spawn room or something weird. Because again, these are bugs. I don't know what's going to happen. So once we kind of figure out what's going on, we're like, okay, we see why this is happening. This isn't like going to cause any major issues. No one's going to go through the floor with this one or anything crazy. So, um, you know, we can let this one sit. But we had tried in the past, actually, of different ways to implement that. Didn't come up with anything really reasonable. Um, gave it up for a little while. Started reinvestigating it, especially with Overwatch 2. Um, and then with this latest Overwatch 2 beta push, we really were just at the point where like, let's just try things. Um, that's kind of why at the end of the beta, it's like, if it felt like it was just kind of tossed into the beta, it, it was. <laughs> like that That's the kind of iteration, honestly, the, the community doesn't see that often. We we spent a lot of time iterating on on Heroes, uh, on just a design team, and you know we'll have ideas thrown up and um, discarded in, in a single day often. So you know coming up on that deadline of the beta, we're like, um, we know people just want to see more stuff and, you know, we can kind of show our work a little bit here and this probably isn't the solution, but it's kind of like the last week of beta. Let's just throw it in and see what people think. And, you know, it'll be kind of silly and kind of fun, but I don't think I expected that to like be the solution necessarily, but it was interesting to get feedback on it and see what people think. Obviously it's a little overpowered and everything, but, um, can, can I quickly ask a follow up on that? Is yeah. That all right. I was just going to say, is that, was that generally your approach to the beta as well, where you were kind of like, we want to push the limits, like limit testing. I think we feel more open to trying to putting things earlier on the beta than we usually are for live, especially being a beta and a limited window and just, you know, trying to have the community kind of be a little more involved with feedback and, and everything we're doing. So, yeah, and especially as it went on, um, that, that I feel like that was more our philosophy. And I think for the, this Mercy case, we have a new design we're going to play with. Um, I guess I can mention it here. We have a beta two. Yes. Uh, I don't know if this is the one either. So there's all kinds of control control scheme issues with this. But yeah. okay, I feel like this one doesn't sound maybe as good on paper. So I'm a little worried to say it, but just try it and then get back to me. Okay. Uh, this one, the way it's currently working uh, in beta two is uh, it, you no longer have the crouch canceled to launch into the air. Instead, um, you basically kind of you auto launch into the air when you if you reach your target all the way so that you can cancel it still any way you want to, uh -huh. um, but if you don't do anything you just hit the button and let it go you'll you'll launch into the air so it sounds a little Ooh. scary at first but a lot of what we're struggling with with her is the control issues because we you know crouch is already weird like we chose crouch and I think some people are like what the why is this on crouch but it's like well we're already using space to cancel for the the you know the normal kind of space uh, fast cancel glide. So, you know, space would be the obvious button otherwise. Um, and we were trying all kinds of other things. And this kind of felt like, well, at least with this one, you still have space cancel and your normal GA kind of shift cancel. But, um, you know, in this case, we it's kind of buttonless to have it happen at the end automatically. It's possible this doesn't work. I mean, this is what we're trying and uh, this is what the beta is for. So definitely get feedback on it. Um, it's possible in, when you're in the middle of chaos and you forget to cancel in some way and you launch in the air and didn't mean to and you get sniped or something, you're going to hate it. So, you know, we'll go back to the drawing board on it. But this is kind of just something we'd like to try and see how that feels. It's, I feel like it's one of those changes that until you experience it, it's very hard to like form an opinion, you know, see how it actually feels in game. So I'm excited to see how it's going to feel. 
speaking of um, feeling and stuff, how do you feel about the updated super jump that you talked about? Do you think that it makes Mercy easy or it gives like more depth? Depth. So English, you know, you know what no, I mean. I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, I tried, I tried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so this is like a really broad, so actually design question that kind of gets to the heart of it is like how much uh, sort of skill uh, from a hero should come from like mechanical inputs and uh, now how tricky should it be to do any particular move versus how should it be more like when you use it and how you use it in game and everything. So um, it's kind of right on that edge. Uh, I feel like it, where I know a lot of people will say there was a lot of skill in practicing the old super jump and that's something you can gravitate or, or uh, graduate to uh, as you got better and get better at. But at a certain point, like we're looking at here like Mercy and you know, while I like that she has this extra skill component that isn't aim skill, because the goal for Mercy has always been not a big focus on aim skill and try to give her skill in many other places, so I at least appreciated that. But it felt like it was just a little too hard to do and really inconsistent for like an average player. And it started to get in that Genji case I mentioned before, where it's like, are we going to have to start balancing for this, the fact that she can do this? Because it's pretty powerful. Um, and then if we start, you know, let's say we nerf her healing or something or something to compensate, for this is if you're not doing this trick now you're sort of like screwed right she's like not you know you're losing a lot of power basically out of the hero so it kind of can become a bit of a balance nightmare so um in this case we're just trying to find a way to make it to implement it for real in fact if you notice the original one i put in and the beta was like i was trying to keep the tech in there also so like because again it's it's fairly like benign yeah, tech you, you, as far as like the scary it was so i we really wanted to try to leave it in there if it was okay. And it, but it was like, well, if you could super jump, why do it? But there may be cases and, and situations where you might want to do it if you. So at that point, the, the impact on the balance of the hero was much lower. So it's kind of like fine because we're not going to end up changing the balance. Um, but so uh, we'll so it's kind of like space. a it's kind of like a balance between how accessible it is for like the player that just wants to start playing Mercy, how easy it is to do it, and how strong it is, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So you want yeah, like more also, people to be able to do it consistently. I see. Yeah, it's much more discoverable for new players as well. Mm -hmm. If there's like a button for it or it happens automatically. Like before you would only kind of see it happen, find out about it by, you know, witnessing another Mercy do it in the game. And you're just like, I can't do that. Well, what is, what are they doing? Yep. Yeah, and I think another thing Can people I, uh, underestimate is like, you know, players who maybe physically have, have difficulties while executing those things, right? So that's accessibility in that respect as well. Mm -hmm. I, wanna, I wanted to ask you something. I know that we passed the question, but about the Genji, the Genji Lich Dash. So you said that it's not okay for Genji to like go all across the map and it's a bug and so on. And I completely agree with you. He has, he has a lot of mobility. But what if, hypothetically speaking, if let's say somebody finds a way for Genji to do the Lich, Lich Dash jump and it only propels him, I don't know, 10 meters in front or like a very short distance, would you be inclined to keep that in game? I mean, that's something we could have done. That's what I was saying. We could have like tried to nerf the bug, which is weird as that sounds, but try to like, leave it in. Um, or try to implement a solution to it rather than it being a bug and then kind of have a nerfed version. Uh, I don't know. People would have been really stoked to see like a nerfed version, though, anyway, because they are kind of excited by the long range. Um, but really, that came down to what I was mentioning, which is like, that's kind of what it came down to. It's like, even if we nerf this, do we want him to have this like extra range? Um, even and... even if it's just a little bit, because there's like something with Cassidy guy now, in which if you jump and shift, it just yeah, yeah. boops him a little bit. That's what I meant. Yeah. 
Well, 10 meters is pretty far, so you're suggesting that 10 meters. I was yeah. thinking, like, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> if it's just a couple meters, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would be maybe, okay with it. Maybe, yeah. Okay, maybe. But I don't know so if it's worth, like, finding bugs. That. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, I, I got a follow-up on that. I got a follow-up on that. Okay. And this is for the former Ryan main in me and from a boy Flats listening somewhere. Why the B-Hop shatter, man? Why'd you take it from us? Why'd you take this one little uh, piece of joy we had? Hey, guys, SVB here. Just going to quickly interrupt this episode of the Group Up podcast to say that if you're enjoying this content, then please do consider signing up for my Patreon to support me directly. It's really amazing because it allows me to keep making content like this carefree, regardless of how many views Overwatch does or doesn't get. I know no one likes sellout ads, but chances are if you've listened till this far in, then you're at least somewhat enjoying the content. So please do consider at least leaving a like, a subscribe, and a comment underneath the video on YouTube. It really does help. But that's it for me. Now back to the discussion. God, I don't even remember making that explicit change. Do you remember, Josh, if we made that like explicitly? That might have just been the side I, effect. I, I gotta say something, okay? I know that a lot of people said something about like bunny hop, Reinhardt, Shadag, and stuff, but I don't think it was okay to be able to bunny hop Shadag out of a graviton. If you're locked there, you shouldn't be, and then you slam and stuff. Like, that's unfair, honestly. That's like the Genji ledge dash jump, you know? Not across <laughs> the map. Like, it's, it's absurd, I would say. You know, my, my opinion, my view, I'm a support. I don't like getting slammed by Reinhardt and so on. So I'm a bit biased, but yeah. <laughs> I'll have to look at that one. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I didn't fix that flag. <laughs> <laughs> my poor boy. My poor boy. All right. So, uh, now we've been talking a bit about like this, you know, uniqueness of mercy. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, uniqueness was kind of one of the things you prioritized early on in hero hero making, right? It was like, we want heroes to be unique. But now we're getting to the stage where, you know, we've got a lot of heroes and when new heroes come out or when heroes are reworked, sometimes they start to overlap with each other, right? So yeah. a lot of people have remarked that maybe Doomfist tank, he feels a lot like a Winston in many ways, but mm -hmm. slightly different. So is that something that's important to you guys? Like, do you still want heroes to be unique or do you actually want hero overlap to start to come in now? I mean, I would say the goal is to have unique heroes. That's what we want. Um, but we have a lot of other goals too, um, one of which is making sure the heroes are very understandable and simple, but deep. Um, I mean, that sounds like, I feel like other designers that would ever be listening to that, it's like, well, obviously simple, but deep. That's kind of like the goal for every game design ever, but it's it's pretty big pillar for us. Um, we, you know, a lot of our abilities, when you think of an ability, like, uh, let me take an example, like a May wall, it's a pretty simple ability on paper where it's just, hey, I can create this wall, but there's some details about it that add some extra depth to it that's, sort of um, gives us more of that feel. So for example, like the flat top means you can stand on it and use it as a ledge and lift people up and things like that. And the fact that they're pillars instead of a single wall health means it interacts with how the enemies deal with it and how they kill it and um, adds a little bit of depth on the defense on the um, on the other end. So the stuff like that is, you know, always a goal um, to keep things understandable, but but still deep. So with that goal in mind, it can be tough to keep everything really unique because one way to make everything unique is just to keep adding things to it, right? Like it does this and in this situation it does this and like it's different than this ability because when you're stunned, it works this way and all kinds of like craziness. And a lot of times when we're working on prototypes, we get in that state because we're iterating on something and we want to add a tweak or just change it this way. And then we look at it and we're kind of back up and look at it like, this thing's kind of crazy. Do we really want, <laughs> like you look at the tooltip you have to write, you know, we have those F1 simplified tooltips and when those things start to become like a paragraph, we're like, okay, maybe this is, we got to rethink this a little bit. Is this what we want to do? Too much. Yeah. So we're, you know, that's, that's part of the core philosophy of the design of the game. Um, so that, that sometimes is in conflict with the unique heroes, as I mentioned. So um, 
I, I'd say broadly speaking, yeah, we want everything to be unique and feel interesting. And that's still a goal, even in cases where there's some overlap, hopefully. Um, and, uh, but yeah, sometimes it's, um, you know, I think as we keep expanding the roster, we'll see some cases it'll be, um, you know, a little more overlap. And I don't think we're super, like, really worried about it, uh, you know. For example, I think we with something we've talked about, I, this is not a leak of any kind or any kind of spoiler or anything, but we've sort of idly talked about it in this philosophy sense of like, let's say we wanted to do another sniper, what would that even look like? Because a sniper role is pretty niche, so you're like, you know, we sort of, when we made Widowmaker, it's like she's kind of the quintessential sniper with like a charging gun, you have to line your shots up and all this stuff, and you know, here like Ash is pretty snipey, but it's not quite the same range and, and lethality of, of an actual sniper, so... What could that look like to actually be different? Um, and you know, we've never actually really tried to create that, but it's kind of a, an exercise in what you're talking about about trying to keep everything unique um, and you know, still having some overlap. Yeah, some overlap is is good sometimes. I, I know early on the community was saying like, "Hey, we need like more speed boost heroes because Lucio is the only pick for speed boost." And it's mm -hmm. like, there's kind of a, a question there of like, well. Are you going to play this through instead of Lucio, or are you just going to play both of them? Because more speed boost is always better. And it's like, we don't know. It's, you know, some people will figure it out, of course. But um, having more options and some overlap is usually a good thing. It's like the threat um, of stacking, then, is it? Like the, the threat of the things stacking on top of each other keep you sometimes a little back. Sometimes, I mean, think about double barrier, right? It's like, I mean, Arisa... I think about it all day. I think about it all day, Jeff. <laughs> I, bet you do. I mean, when we look at, go all the way back to when Arisa was created, she was literally created. The first thing we thought about with her, that hero when she was first created was, you know, let's talk about what another Rhine type tank could be, like another shield tank could be, mm. and how it could be different. Like an um, alternative to what we already have. Yeah, right, exactly. Because it's like, you know, we felt that there were a lot of players who loved playing Ryan, but there weren't a lot of alternatives in that play style. Um, so in that case, it's like, you know, what what could another shield tank be be like and how could it feel different? Um, and that's kind of how Arissa even started. And, you know, we had this, uh, we called them anchor tanks internally, the idea of this sort of like anchor for your team that's leading the charge. And they're not like diving the team to create chaos and create a window for you or anything. They're actually like pushing with your team more slowly. And that's, you know, obviously like something like Sigma also comes out of that. So in those cases, it, it is true that we're trying to create that sort of parallel, um, but hopefully still keep them unique, which is why the shields work so differently, and um, we're still trying to keep that same gameplay. Can I ask a quick, like, fluff question? Josh, go ahead, finish your thought first. Uh, I, I was going to just say, this comes up a lot internally in prototyping, where people are kind of comparing heroes' uh, new abilities to things they've already seen in the game, and it kind of gets to a certain point where it's like, if you're relating it to like three or more heroes, it's like, oh, this hero does this thing, this one ability, and it's exactly like Arisa and Reinhardt and Wrecking Ball combined, then it's kind of its own thing at that point. Where, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I agree. You know, you, you can relate it to other things, but it's not, you know, an exact copy. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask, like, because you said that you started adding some stuff that you were like, this is so complex, you know, we're not even sure we can keep this. Was there anything really fun that you were like, we made this, but we couldn't, like, we just scrapped it because we were like, nah, this is just too much? Man, I could tell you a story about, uh, you know, we've been working on uh, Moira changes. That's not much of a secret. We've talked a lot about trying to look for Moira stuff. Um, and, you know, we haven't been able to throw anything significant into the beta yet, but we're, you know, we've been looking for stuff for beta too. And, um, you know, like we've tried all kinds of crazy stuff, but I, I'll just throw one out there. For example, we were trying, um, you know, we had this idea for this, um, you know, what if she could purge, which is kind of like a WoW term um, that Shaman's using WoW, which is like, 
an offensive dispel. Like, what if I could remove buffs, right? Because that's kind of interesting, and it kind of fits Moira's kit, and we thought that was kind of cool. Ran into a lot of control scheme issues with how can she do this mechanic now with no buttons left, but how do we do it? Um, and we created a list of what we considered buffs, and it's very complicated in our game. What is a buff? Like, I don't know, is Soldier sprinting a buff? Is the movement speed bonus that Genji gets when he ults a buff? Like, does that get stripped? Like, what is a buff in our game? So, you know, we tried to figure out what we would even strip, and it got really complicated really fast. And that was just like, this is going to be completely un not understandable. Um, so, you know, what's an alternative? And that led us to this idea of nullify and what we were calling nullify. And nullify was this idea that you stick an, an enemy with it for some duration, let's say like three seconds or something, or five seconds. And during that time, they're specifically their damage dealt buffs and their damage received, their less damage received buffs and their speed buffs were set back to non-buff status while that effect is on them. So it's kind of like a purge, but it's also state related. So if I put this on you, you're only it's only suppressed during the, while the state's on you, and then you get it back once That's it ends. Cool. Um, yeah, we tried it on Moira's orb. It was pretty interesting because you could like, you know, you have the Lucio speed rush coming onto you, and you throw the orb at them, and you kind of slow you the enemy team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. It's not a snare. It's not a snare. It just sets them back to normal speed. So it's they're slower than they would be. Um, and of course, there's like trying to hit Genji Nano Blade with it, so to try to nullify Nano and stuff like that was pretty interesting. Um, we ran into a ton of problems with this too. Uh, I don't know if that will ever see the light of day exactly. Um, that got really Aww. complicated, also. Um, but I don't know. Now that I just said it, if everyone's super amped on, I'm able to try to fit it in somewhere. But it's, it's, um, it sounds like it some something potential. incredibly broken. It sounds like so it's something that's <laughs> going to be incredibly broken initially, but yeah. maybe there's a middle ground somewhere. And honestly, I think that it brings a lot of hype to Moega, and it's like something yeah. that's missing from her kit has a reason to pick her other than just like heal and throw damage herbs and stuff you know and left click yeah and that's, that's it you know that's a lot of what we're it's, talking it's about with her. it's good mm -hmm. yeah, yeah for personally I, I love it i love i love i love that idea i know it's gonna be broken i know everybody's gonna be like <laughs> no so i don't care about it as a support player you, you gotta be psyched about it honestly <laughs> yeah, yeah. what's well, very yeah, tactical yeah. which is what i think fits what, what you know mora is cool like what's cool or what should be cool yeah. i hope about mora Josh, you were going to say something. You were going to add something. Oh, yeah. I was just going to throw in it. It also stripped over health for like a little oh, while right. as like part of the nullify mm -hmm. effect. And it was just like this extra big F you to Lucio. And Please. <laughs> Please. Oh, Lucio <laughs> mains are crying, man. You just made five Lucio mains cry. Yeah. So that maybe you can play Moega with other supports as well, other than Lucio and just speaking Moega to stall. You know, like this change, th this would be awesome if you decide to go with it, honestly. Although it would be really broken in the community, I mean, would engage uh, a lot probably. But yeah, 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 we, we can fix it, I guess. I mean, a lot of the point was to try to find, or a lot of the point is, I guess, because we're still trying to find stuff from where that feels like those big playmaker op opportunities, right? Like if I, mm -hmm. if I do that, if I get the nano blade and I position, let's say it was the orb, it might not be on the orb or whatever. Let's say it's projectile or shoot or something that hit the tag, a nano blade Genji as it comes in, and I get to nullify the nano. That's a big play, and that's like game winning on your side. Like we really want those. I mean, we were talking about this earlier about you know Ryan could get in and great shatter and kind of win the game for you. We talked about you know you get this clutch res on somebody on your team that has your ult and they get to ult because you res and they win, you win because of that. So there's all these plays, and that's really core to the game. We want to make sure that heroes have that, and ultimates are a lot of the ways that that's done. But you know it doesn't have to be. You know that's why immortality field is exists how it is. That's why sleep dart is how it is, and all this stuff. So that's kind of been on our mind for Moira. Like, what would it look like, to put it very simply, like, 
what does a Moira Reddit clip look like, right? Like, mm, what is the play, I like that. right? I like that. What is the play that you want that is top, the top what posts is, on Reddit yeah. for Moira? Like, it kind of doesn't really exist right now. Maybe you get, like, a 4K with your ult or something. But that's not really, like, crazy because it pierces everything and you're fast and you're regening, so maybe it's not that hard to get. But, like, you know, if there was some playmaking opportunity there, you would see more of that. I'm psyched to see what you guys are going to come up with, honestly. I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. These two ideas... Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy just hearing them, even if they're not going to be included. Speaking of, like, Kagi potential and so on, Josh, I got I to gotta ask you this. You said that you play a lot of Ana, okay? And as you... I, I've tried Ana for the first time in the beta. Uh, up until then, I never played Ana in my life. But <laughs> I know that she had 12 bullets, and in the beta, she had 15, eventually. How mm. does magazine size and reload speed affect hero balance? Why 15 bullets? Why increase the, the magazine size? Uh, so... You know, magazine size is kind of like a bigger deal for some heroes more than others. Um, in Ana's case, you know, you're kind of choosing between shooting enemies and shooting allies. And, you know, we usually limit um, the firing duration by, you know, changing the clip and, you know, your firing rate. But uh, in Ana's case, we had to nerf the Bionade. So in order to give her back a little power, um, one of the easiest avenues for that is just like extending how long she can go before she has to reload and like how much healing she can do with that one clip. Um, and it's kind of like we picked that aspect because, you know, rather than changing her healing numbers or her damage numbers, because we kind of want those to be in sync, you know, she does 70 for each. Um, and doing something like just giving her raw health, like we did for Zenyatta, so that's one of the like the biggest changes you can make. So it was kind of like compensation for the nade nerf. That's what you had in mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a little something, you know, to to make sure she doesn't drop in her win rate all that much, and um, you know, hopefully I, it helps a little. Uh, <laughs> I see. I see. Um, I've been watching a lot of Overwatch League as well, and I've uh, I'm um, I've been playing a lot of Ana as well recently. And mm -hmm. my opinion, for me, okay, so from my point of view, I've always viewed that one of the key elements that define good Ana players in Overwatch League and in Ranked and so on is reload management. From my view in this case, if you take away like reload management from 12 bullets to 15, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like you remove away um, a, a little bit of the decision-making that some Ana players might be able to do better, some pros might be able to do better than other pros. But... What you do achieve with giving them 15 bullets, now I can see kind of like a reason because you're trying to make the game and game mechanics of all more accessible. You said about Mercy Super Jump that it should be more accessible and so on. And increasing the magazine size from 12 to 15 uh, definitely helps New York players to understand and make Ana easier. The issue that I have though, and this is like a, a small request, okay, because this is like the, the, the rant and so on. <laughs> I'm afraid that Ana's probably going to get really nerfed considering how strong she is in Overwatch 2. So um, please don't nerf Ana. <laughs> Ana's yeah. one of the most popular heroes, so yeah. it's just pretty hard to know already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the nade is just... Yeah. I was just going to say the nade is is really strong. It's always been insanely strong. Um, honestly, both halves of it are insanely strong. And it's no. been so somewhat... <laughs> no? <laughs> no? No? This is an ML buy. I got to step in here. ML just sitting here biased. No, he's no, he's going to spend no. 45 minutes you... getting Ana buffed. What if you miss the name? I don't know. Get good. Don't miss the oh, name. <laughs> let's go. Like, I like it. Get good. Get good. I like it. But, but does uh, like it was interesting. It was interesting because you mentioned you know pick rate. Does that like at all 
like do you care for heroes getting picked a lot like in that sense like are you like whoa this hero is getting picked too much no no not really i mean we know certain heroes are the favorites in fact it's kind of interesting stat we i don't think we shared this one i'm not sure but we were looking at stats um like just after a season like a comp season and when it's like people are playing i don't know let's say they're playing quick play for a minute when we have a, a you know a large off season in the past we had a pretty large off season actually but we would look at the stats in the off season and like just see the pick rate change and it especially when you hear like Anna uh is not meta at the time and you just see like the pick rate just spike because it's like oh we get to play whatever we want now let's everyone plays yeah. Anna basically so, so whenever she's good yeah definitely um mercy's up there too um but Anna's huge so yeah she's she's a bit tough to nerf she's just super fun to play and everyone loves her and she's got those playmaking opportunities I mentioned and she's you know she's just I think uh just a well-rounded hero that people love and people are there are certain heroes people don't love to see in the meta but she's not one of them people love to see her in the meta so she's kind of like you know she's good in that spot so but there are cases like you know with the with the nade at the anti-heal especially it's like well there's a lot less barriers now and you know heroes like Roadhog especially are just the, the extra suffer because you're just like you really need that heal more than ever to look you know to be able to stay alive um so i mean you could still obviously stop the heal from roadhog if you time it well and it, you know it's still three seconds i think for four right so it's still uh, pretty decent but you know at least roadhog if you hit him with it he can go around the corner wait a little bit and maybe still get his heal off before he does somebody comes around the corner and kills him so you know that it's not like four roadhog that's just an example there's just so much like it's so easy much much easier to land the nades can I create a quick follow-up? So I know I keep following up, so please feel free to be like, no, SCB, shut up. But, <laughs> you know, does it ever go the other way then? Do you ever think, well, in the off-season, everybody loves playing these heroes. These are the quote-unquote fun heroes. Should we make them more meta? Does it ever go that way? I mean, sometimes, yeah. We've talked about that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's actually less that and more the opposite, where we, we've seen heroes that people don't like meta. Like Torb was a big one, and Torb got his passive buff to be huge. We, at that point, we we're like, man, Torb's never been meta. Like, let's just buff him up a bunch and just let him get played, and then you know we'll nerf him if he gets like really crazy. Um, and then I, I still stand by. I don't think he was like absurdly overpowered. I think he was very playable, and he was got, probably going to be in the meta. And people just rebelled instantly. <laughs> it was like, you cannot do this. The game is broken. The game is horrible. So I was like, all right, well, okay, that's not going to happen. Then let's just nerf that back down. It was kind of an uproar. And it was like, at that point, we're like, you know, we don't think he's super overpowered, but clearly people don't really want the Bastion meta to exist. So that's sort of <laughs> no. why it's like, that's why he's like, he needs a rework. I mean, if we can't ever buff him because people don't want to, don't want to play against him or play him, he, he just needs a rework because that, that kind of ties our hands, mm. right? So, uh, so this is like, what do you take into consideration also with like reworks and stuff? Like if people don't view their kids as fun or they're, they're not having fun yeah. playing against them, then that's when you think about reworking that hero. Ah, so this explains the Doomfist rework. Ah, okay, I got it. I got it now. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Okay, cool. Well, no no, no more random follow-up questions. I'm going to go back to one, one I had planned. Uh, which is, I'll start uh, afterwards, SVB, so don't worry. I'll cover you. Okay, okay, <laughs> good. So, you know, you mentioned as well, Josh, actually, that, you know, potentially adding HP or taking away HP is, is like something you think about. What, what, at what point do you think about that? Because obviously, I'm, you know, it, it's a big it's a big decision, right? Like to change someone's HP. So at what point do you go, okay, HP, let's, let's tweak it. Um, it's usually if we need to make like a big swing and like their win rate, like they're doing really poorly or, you know, 
Um, it's like one of the most powerful avenues we have for buffing a hero is actually changing their their health pool just because it affects so many breakpoints and things like that. Um, but we generally try to reserve it for like close range heroes or heroes without mobility. And um, if there's other ways to clearly buff them that are easy, like that's usually the better way to go rather than changing HP because it is such a big swing. And we also want to avoid you know the situation where we're just doing this power creep of like inflating everybody's health pools and like you know increasing the time to kill by a whole lot um, and then anna's gonna have a thousand hp and so on yeah yeah and then you know it, it really affects like how quickly you can like end the team fight and how how much healing impacts things if you know they have huge health pools because eventually the dps are going to hit their reload and then healing is going to catch up and you're just going to have hp pools kind of spiking up and down like constantly a little too fast so yeah, if there's a way to buff the hero without changing their HP, that's usually the way to go. And that's something you are quite conscious about, like power creep. You know, you you mentioned it, not my word, but you know, is that something you're quite yeah, yeah. conscious about? It's definitely a big concern for the the community as well. Speaking of um, of some stuff here. Speaking of stuff, I don't have a good segue. Uh, do you think <laughs> you'll bring back some CC to the game? Will the new heroes have some form of CC or the hard CCs will always be Ana Sleep Dark, Reinhardt Shatter? Also, will Cassidy ever get his stun back? I feel like these two questions are heavily related. Uh, I feel like m people probably are mostly thinking about Cassidy when, when talking about stuff like this. Um, so it's been tough. Uh, you know, it's it's tough because we're we're getting a lot of feedback that says people really appreciate the less CC broadly speaking in the game, especially when the beta ended, we saw multiple posts and, and got feedback internally too about people going back to Overwatch 1 and feeling like, man, I was kind of enjoying the lack of CC, <laughs> falling back into this now where there's so much CC in the game is, you know, I, I kind of miss the, the lack of CC. So they're certainly tied together and it's tough to just sort of be like, oh, Cassidy needs help, let's put a stun back because we're sort of slipping on the whole the whole meta point of having less CC. Um, though I will say we have been reviewing some of them, and um, this is, I guess, another spoiler for Beta 2, but we're, uh, for Junkrat, we're giving his trap back, his his full his full mobilize. Uh, for that one, we felt like... Totally unbiased. Yeah, no, I, I don't even like Junkrat. I don't know what you're talking about. I wish he sucked. Um, no, yeah. He, um, you know, I think we felt like it was a little more on the fair side of the CCs. You can kill it, you can see it, or well, hopefully... You can see it and kill it. And also, it doesn't completely stun you. You can still shoot, and you can still use some of your abilities to, um, to escape. And um, it was a little hard to tune that ability uh, in the way that it was, where it was like this big slow and still feel like it was impactful for him to throw uh, and stuff like that. So for him, like giving that back. But you know, we're still trying to hold the line on the rest of the changes for now. And um, I sort of hear the feedback on Cassidy. I kind of I get it. I understand it. I know that like some people, um, or, you know, we've gotten the feedback. I should say that. Uh, he doesn't feel as effective as like this counter flanker and stuff anymore. Um, you know, we were hoping that the the sticky nade will would accomplish a lot of that same threat, his sort of close range threat zone that um, you know he could control space a little bit. Obviously, it's not quite as powerful in some situations, although it is a little more powerful in other situations. But you know, I I don't know that he's like uh, has a huge problem necessarily, um, but that certainly is a change for him, and you know. We'll monitor it. I, I'd say that I'm, I, I'm a little worried for all the reasons I mentioned before about actually just returning his stun to him because it's one of the major stuns in the game, um, and uh, you know, we something we did to 
try to help with the flanking situation as well as giving uh, support some help themselves. But we we nerfed tracer damage quite a bit. And for the history of the game, I don't think we've ever nerfed her damage that I can remember. Yeah. Um. So she's I think she just had some ult changes a long time ago, but she's been pretty stable. So goes to show that like you know we're kind of pretty aware that like her lack of counters or her lack of a counter in the stun um or at least reduced counter because i still think the sticking needs pretty decent against her uh has you know certainly increased her power so we've reduced her a little bit and i'd love to try to get the game into that state where it feels more reasonable across the board without requiring these stuns because another problem that happened with this, the stuns is we had certain heroes that required stuns to deal with um like wrecking ball uh, Doomfist, stuff like that. We sort of like were balanced at the time with like, well, they have these hard counters. Um, if you stun Doomfist during a combo or something like that, he just kind of dies usually. Um, so, it's so you know, it's a pretty common swap to like Cassidy or something like that. You had to deal with them. So, I think it's healthier for the game that the counters aren't that hard and that required, especially for on the newer player side because they just don't know that. And this is like Doomfist just gets to ruin their day and they have no idea what to do. Um, so it's like you don't want a, a hugged yeah. stop, you know? Like you want to play the game and you don't want to be like stopped instantly takes the stun, you can't do your play, I guess. Kind of yeah, like I mean it's not fun for Doomfist and it's not fun for the person who doesn't want to play Cassidy to stop Doomfist, right? So it's healthier for the game if it, it doesn't require that on either side. And on this note, um, will the new heroes have some form of CC? Like will they have stuns when you keep in mind when you design them and stuff like that? Or is it like completely out of the question only like so the original ghost should have stuns and so on, you know? Stuff yeah, like we're that. trying to not do that. I'm, I'm, so so mm -hmm. no, basically it'll be limited to the tank pool mostly tanks, if we do yeah. add anything. Tanks? So you think that stuns should be belong to tanks, not supports? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm absolutely. A, I don't play support. Absolutely. Okay, so tanks should have like the tools to deny engages and so on. DPS should have the tools to like get kills and so on, then Supports, I guess, try to stay alive and heal. What's the view of it, of of this? Of support? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, the, the point of the change was to relegate all of the stuns and CC and mechanics and stuff to the tanks. I mean, obviously, it's not 100% make and still stun with her ult and there's still sleep. Yeah, mm -hmm. so there's a few outliers, and I check right now has the root back, I guess. Um, but... So, but by and large, we're trying to just make sure it's only in the tank role, which does a lot of things for us. For one thing, there's only one tank now, so the most there can be is one hero's worth of stuns. Even if we make a tank that has, is very stun-heavy, the game as a whole still won't feel like it has that many stuns in it compared to whatever which one could feel like sometimes. So that helps us a lot there. It also helps just sort of, you know, as you were kind of mentioning, give the tanks a little bit more uh, of an identity as from a role standpoint that they're able mm -hmm. to, you know, earth shatter and stuff like that. and, and pin and land these big big moves like that so i, I think i was trying to like get at and i'll, I'll, I'll follow up for him he's kind of like what is support's job then in your mind like what yeah, what, the, what's the support do what's that should what should the support what's do? their remit i, I don't know if it's DPS that yeah, i don't know if it's like that bucketed so easily that there's like the thing that supports do i mean the th as we were talking about before we want the heroes to be unique i mean supports um, can do a lot of playmaking opportunities. Supports have a lot of ults and things that affect their team. Um, again, none of these are hard rules. There's there's things that break this. I mean, like, you know, Widowmaker's ultimate kind of affects your team. It's kind of like a buffier team. It's not like an enemy targeted thing, even though it kind of is. Stuff like that. So it's not a hard rule. Um, but, you know, we tend to try to think of it as like tank ults are like initiating tools and big like enemy team focused abilities often and things like that and often CC related. And support tools are more team focused by and large. Um, so you're focused more on 
making your team stronger, saving them and stuff like that. So you're not um, doing DPS things to more damage. You're not, you're not doing things to the enemies. You're doing things to your teammates to help them do things to the enemies. Kind of like right, that. Exactly. Yeah. And I again, see. not all cases. The, it, yeah, of it, course, it's not like strict, not, nothing's a hard rule. In fact, it's mm -hmm. better for the game if none of these are hard rules. Enablers. So support should be enablers, I guess. Exactly. They should. They're, what we used to call. I mean, the, the common term in game design is called force multipliers, which is like, you know, you have somebody like. Soldier 76, he's like a static value of damage and you expect a certain amount of DPS out of him and everything. But then you have somebody like a support that enables and buffs that person to do more. It's less of themselves actually doing the damage. It's they're multiplying the ability for the other heroes to do their thing. That's really cool. I like that. I like that idea. The force multipliers. That's a, that's a, that sounds like a team name, like an OD team name. <laughs> um, okay, so I've got a question which I think a lot of the community are very interesting. Certainly, I get asked about it a lot. Will we see balance changes to Overwatch 1 while we're kind of rolling out Overwatch 2? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. To be honest, I, I think we would like to look into more stuff. We actually had an a, a experimental patch we were playing around with internally we didn't end up going with. Um, but it was right after the last community card. Um, we were looking at some of the, some ideas there, maybe bringing in. Um, we ended up not doing it. Um, to be honest, I don't remember exactly why what was going on at the time, but there were some issues with it, and and the timing was bad for some reasons I I don't exactly remember. But I think it's a reasonable ask. Um, and you know, it's it's hard when we're so we have all these resources so focused on Overwatch Two and trying to make sure we get these dates and everything sorted to try to spend some time on it, but. But I do think it's a reasonable ask. Yeah. So I, really I don't want to commit to anything, but <laughs> yeah, no commitment. But I really would like to do a balance patch for Overwatch One. Um, the timing of it is kind of tricky because it's like you don't want to take away too much from the beta as well. Whenever that drops, and then you know, um, if if you want to make bigger changes, you need resources from like other game development disciplines. You know, you need animation, VFX, sound, and they're all kind of hyper focused on Overwatch Two right now. So. Maybe like a big tuning pass would be super cool or um, something kind of a little more experimental than we usually do, but we don't want to get too arcadey or like a circus or something because it is, it is still like a live service. Um, I mean, there's also kind of the question of like, do these changes that we make to the live game also roll into Overwatch 2? Um, are we only like picking and choosing those changes that can kind of be compatible that way or do we do something crazy with Arisa because she's changing you know so much anyway she's getting a whole rework um, but I mean it'd be definitely cool to do something that's very interesting a lot of considerations that yeah. I don't think we always think about yeah we don't think about it but um we definitely appreciate the answer honestly and I appreciate the transparency with this I bet like it's it's really hard to say uh stuff like this and honestly speaking of transparency just wanted to say a big shout out to like who had the idea of posting the stats with the zen stats that increased his win rate and so on mm. I, the I, I i absolutely loved it i think a lot of people loved it as well like that type of transparency is is just through the charts it's it's amazing honestly it's it's really and nice for to being see, here like, as well and for being here as well yes for being here as well speaking of which i only i'm gonna keep you one more for one more question is that okay mm -hmm. sure okay last question What's the biggest change that Five versus Five brought to your hero balance philosophy? You want to go first, Josh? Um, yeah, I mean, there is like 
a whole lot of things we kind of have to feel out for you know the loss of a tank and early on we kind of uh felt team fights were going on a really long time and we, we kind of nailed it down to like healers are just healing so much and there's you healers? know tanks yeah support you know uh, supports, yeah, supports, supports, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's my trigger work. That I'm so yeah, support, you got support. him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, got him. I but actually thought there's more people that heal than just the supports, but you know. Exactly, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're on a main job, or you say you play like I betrayed them. You betrayed us. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's kind of a point I'm getting to. But um, one thing that I felt the game played better with less healing overall, and um, the reason for that. It's just, it makes damage more valuable, you know, it makes sustained damage and burst damage a little more equal and, you know, they're they're just raw value. And then you don't have, um, you don't have to tune the damage as high. So, you know, you don't have HP pools kind of bouncing from like one HP to full HP. You know, we've all had that person in conf make the call like, you know, Junkrat's 1-8, 1, you know, kill him. And you turn and you shoot him like within a second and he's full HP already. And it's like... Or they lied, oh, one of the two. You know, you know, they, they usually the lie, second. But they usually lie, yeah. Like, He's oh, yeah. obsolete. <laughs> even healed. Uh, and there is kind of like this kind of catch-22 where there are support players that want to primarily heal. And so if we lower healing overall, then they feel like they're kind of trapped into that, that heal bot status a little bit more than they were before just because, you know, the numbers are literally making you heal more often to get to full HP. Um, but I think there's like a, a balance to be struck there where as designers, we want to create interesting choices, right? You see this in like Ana and Mercy's design where you can damage boost, you can heal. And there should be like kind of a little bit of tension between like, when do I do one over the other? In Overwatch 1, that's, you know, a majority of the time the right answer is to heal rather than damage. And um, yeah, and going into Overwatch 2, something we've seen the community kind of pick up on is, you know, sometimes it's a little more valuable for support to be doing more things than just like pocketing your tank or DPS and just pumping all the heals into them. Like sometimes it's a lot better to try go for like an angle and apply pressure to the enemy team or, you know, land a utility on them, like a, a sleep dart or a nade or something, you know, contribute to the fight a little more than just heal botting. Um, so we, we ended up removing the, the heal reduction because you know, it was already trending in the direction that it was valuable for support to be doing that sort of thing. And when we definitely don't want to push too far in the other direction where that's all they're doing. Um, ideally, the right balance would be, you know, it's kind of a tough decision to make in the moment. Like, should I heal this guy? Should I try to damage him? You know, the end result is as long as the enemy's HP bar runs out before your team's does, you're kind of, you're winning, right? So hopefully we can achieve that balance. I don't know if we're there yet, but it's a work in progress. That's why you're the, the forty seven hundred or whatever, and I'm in plat. <laughs> you got the the forehead strats of uh, make the enemy it's... health bars run out before your teeth. <laughs> yeah, you know, high level. It's an interesting cool. insight, honestly. Uh, so I guess that you could say that in Overwatch one, supports were viewed more as healers, while in Overwatch two, they're actually becoming supports. Is that safe to say that? Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like that. <laughs> sure, Let's whatever see. you want. Sure. You, what, okay. Okay. Just so I, I just so I know if I'm gonna change my Twitch name or not, because it's ML7 support. You know, so if I go for ML7 healer or not. So this is very a very important business decision. So thank you for the transparency on this. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs>
Well, uh, uh, before is, is is Jeff, do you have any? I was going to say if Jeff had anything to ask, I would I would oh. let him go. But I was going to say Josh. But just FYI, you're going to be seeing a lot of Giga Chat Josh memes from now on because you know I've, I think you've spoken so well, and at least my chat is already like Giga Chat Josh. They love everything you say. So I just thought I'd let oh, you know. <laughs> awesome, yeah. That's that's kind of the opposite reaction of what I was expecting because I try to avoid doing live streams and stuff. You know, I'm always forgetting no. what I'm saying and. You know, my train of thought just kind of veers off to the side and... You spoke really well, man. You spoke really well. Both of you. This was really... Yeah, honestly, a big round of claps. Come on, chat. Clap, giga chat. Come on. Yeah, just... And I know we're eating... I know we're eating into your lunch. So quickly, Jeff, is there anything you want to... And so thank to these guys for not eating while we eat into their time. Oh, you mean just to add to that question, you mean? Yeah, yeah. If you have anything from your end. I mean... Broadly speaking, like really high level, not really. There's not like major changes to the stuff I mentioned earlier about trying to make, keep everyone viable and playable at all ranks and everything. But there's so many like nuanced details about only one tank and there's less barriers and, um, you know, the things we were really worried about weren't necessarily even a problem at the beginning. Like, you know, way in the past we talked about there was some concern that Widow was just going to run the show a little bit because less barriers. and But, you know, people are already adjusting and getting good at using corners and stuff to to um reduce her prowess and uh you know we ended up buffing her actually in the beta of all things and we were worried about zen actually at one point because there's only one tank you just discord the one tank there is and just dogpile him and we were worried that that might be the strap but like that doesn't you know zen needed help too ultimately turned out um so you know we're, we're still learning a lot as well and um figuring out exactly how this is all going to shake out but i mean that's what the beta is for right yeah. I well, uh, I guess uh, we're going to end on uh, on this tone. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, we loved it. I hope other people loved it as well. I'm sure that they loved it. I saw in uh, chat a lot of giga chats and a lot of thank yous for doing this. And uh, chat is saying that both of you are very cute. So <laughs> just letting you know that, okay? Uh, this was, tell them we love them, okay? Tell them we love them. They say that they love you. So thank you so much for this. This was awesome. And we're excited to see to see the future, you know, excited to see the future. So uh, have a good lunch, have a good rest of the day and uh, take care. See ya. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks guys a lot. Thanks everybody.